cyber junkies and a hard-boiled P.I. who always cracks the case. Now, this time, he may have gotten more than he bargained for. I'm talking about Eight Man After on this OVA episode of Shonen and Suds. Cody, 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 Cody. We're back on the next episode. How the hell are you, man? I am great, Chris. We are back with an, part two of our double feature. Uh, yeah, man. I for, love it. For this Monday evening. Uh, like you said, we're going to be going over Eight Man After today, which is something that I just watched for the first time today. Um, Isn't it great? Like, um, I, I like that you're introducing me to some of this newer anime, and I'm introducing you to my boomer anime. Yeah, it works, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually talked about this one a little bit on the last episode. Um, I actually didn't know um, until I was a lot older that this was a sequel to a 60s TV show. Um, when I had first seen it, I thought it was just its own thing. Like just like a standalone thing? Yeah, like a standalone thing because like it has a – a story that kind of gives you like, like the beginning kind of leaves you open and we'll talk about this like it leaves you open for like oh this is just kind of a cool like there's a lot of um a lot of uh leaves a lot open for your imagination and then like it tells like a very like confined story yeah definitely i had no idea what any of this was um so upon research obviously i saw like the old manga the old anime television series and all that stuff so mm-hmm. yeah and of- i had seen Oh, no, go ahead, please. No, I just, insist, there, sir. There's just a whole lot to go into there. Um, and actually, Chris, before we get into that, uh, guys, welcome back to Shonen Insuds. I'm Cody Snodgrass. Oh, and I, I am Chris Adams, and I just get so excited talking about my old man anime. <laughs> That's I love right. it. Chris, we're on episode two for the day. We've had a couple brews, you know. We're, we're, oh, I mean, we needed to after that last episode, right? It was, <laughs> ugh, oh boy. But thankfully, we are, we're riding the ship on this one, and... Uh, we really, we really turned it around with a much better movie. Definitely. And of course, Cody, um, you know, I, I want to dive right in, but of, of course, you know, this isn't just Shonen. If it was just Shonen, we'd, we'd fucking, we'd be done by now. Um, Cody, what's drinking? Mm. All right, Chris. Well, we're on to flavor number three of the Bud Light mm. Seltzer Ugly Sweater Variety Pack. Yum, yum. And this one is the ginger snap flavor. We got some nice gingerbread men on the side of the can. Chris, I'm going to give this a quick swig real quick. Give me oh, just a Oh, please do. Oh, the, oh the, your first time. You're getting a, a sip with everybody else. Huh. Um, it kind of mm-hmm. tastes like a like a gingerbread cookie. Very interesting. Is that is that something you're looking for in your seltzer? <laughs> you know, you get what you pay for, right? Um, I. So I guess I, it's... It's not my favorite, but, you know, we're going to get through it. Uh, we got through Prisoners in the Sky, so we can get through anything, right? That, that, you know what? I, I like your attitude. I like your uh, your positivity. Yeah, I, I haven't had, like, a like a gingerbread cookie in a long time, but mm-hmm. definitely brings back some memories of that. Uh, oh, nice. Very, very, what, very festive. But what about you, Chris? What are you, what are you drinking today? Well, you know, I, I'm so I'm, – I'm, I'm keeping my um, – you know, try to keep my girlish figure here. So I'm, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing the, the rerun. I'm running back the Yingling flight. Um, so again, Yingling, the oldest brewery in America, for those who didn't catch it last week, but, uh, I'm sticking with the low calorie, low carb. I just, you know, I'm trying, trying to, trying to not put on my winter coat this year. 
So I figure I'd dial it back. And it's been so fucking warm here, man. Like, I'm ready to get into stout season because, you know, the last couple episodes I had the uh, – or the episode before last, I had my uh, Imperial Chocolate Oatmeal Stout. I was ready to, to, to keep that going, to get the encore presentation. But it's been like 70-some degrees here. That's too damn hot for a stout. Yeah, you know, I live in Missouri, so the weather can never make up its mind here. You're like – same. You're wearing a winter coat to work, and then when you get off, you're hopping in the swimming pool. So Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> that is just like Virginia, my man. Like I'll leave the house with my jacket on. By the time I make my first stop, I'm like, fuck this. It's hot. Yep. No, yeah, so. definitely. Uh, but, yeah, that's what we're drinking, guys. And, Chris, we're going to go ahead and just dive right into 8-Man. Dude, I'm ready. So 8-Man After, like I said, is the sequel. Well, this, this was released in 1993. Um it's actually, unbeknownst to me until very recently, it's actually an OVA series. It's not a movie. It's a four-episode miniseries. Um, when I had seen it, um, I had only, I, up until, again, very recently, I had only seen this as a, a movie. Um, I had seen the name, like, Perfect Collection somewhere, but that was ignorant me thinking, well, you know, a lot of times animes like to have these kind of outlandish names behind it, you know, whatever so like to me when i hear eight man perfect collection i was like oh that's probably just the the name of the show right you know because especially when you start talking about the movie out it's like oh they're you know they're you know they're trying to find the perfect cyborg and shit like that so like to me in my head it made sense um but no cody this is actually a four uh, episode ova series that's a sequel to a tv show from the 1960s um and i've only seen like an episode or two it's actually black and white i don't think i've ever seen the show in color um but it's very I mean, if you watch Speed Racer or Kimba the White Lion, Gigantor, like, it's that style of anime. Um, very, yeah. like, old-school, archaic, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's something I want—I need to talk to my dad and see if he's ever actually watched this, just because he's a, he's a big fan of, like, Speed Racer, Astro mm-hmm. Boy, uh, like, yep, Johnny Astro Quest, like, a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of old, like, anime-slash-cartoons um, from back in the day, so I'd love to know if he he's may seen have. this. He may have, because A-Man is actually very, very popular— um, in Japan, and this was um, one of the first animes I had ever seen. Um, if um, for those who are you know maybe pushing forty like me, um, Sci-Fi Channel back in the day used to show um, like once a year they would do an anime film festival. This this was on year two with Project Aiko, and it was, it was well it wasn't the Project Aiko movie. It was Project Aiko Gray Side Blue Side. Um, and there was a third movie, because this one was Night 2, Night 3 was Project Echo, and I don't remember what the first movie was. So if somebody's listening remembers that, I would love to know what that is. Because I remember the first anime festival was Robot Carnival, Lensman, and Vampire Hunter D. Um, and those are the movies that got me into anime. Um, and this kind of continued on that trend, and I fell in love with this movie immediately. And I didn't know, again, at the time, I didn't know it was anything else. I thought I was like watching... I thought I was watching RoboCop, essentially, in anime form. So I, I really, really fell in love with this movie. And it's still, like, watching it again this past weekend just made me confirm, like, every, like I love everything about this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very enjoyable. Um, and this actually, not this this uh, OVA particularly, but, like, I wonder if, like, RoboCop actually pulled some things from this show. Um, just cause like you see Very like a lot, possible. a lot of similarities and obviously it came out in the sixties. So, yep, absolutely. And this is very much a, um, this movie in particular is very much, um, 
Cody, we were kind of talking about this between casts. Um, back in like the late 80s and early 90s, like a lot of anime was very like cyberpunk, um, like pulp noir, cyber noir. Like that was a very big um, genre in anime. Um, and this falls right into that. And I had mentioned Dominion Tank Police. That's another one that's very similar to this. Um, I get. The, I don't know if you ever heard of the Sega CD game called Snatcher. It was a, like one of Kojima's first games. I get a lot. Like a lot of those aesthetics are in that. That are just like in this. So, um, anime in the late '80s and early '90s was very cyberpunk heavy. And if you if you're a fan of cyberpunk and you haven't seen a lot of that stuff, just Google a list of you know cyberpunk animes and you'll be you will be greeted with some just some absolute jewels worth watching and uh i'm pretty certain you'll find this on a lot of those lists because this movie is this movie definitely uh definitely cuts uh you know cuts the mustard on this one for sure yeah it definitely kind of brought me back uh to like the cyberpunk feel that kind of like cowboy bebop gave me um obviously this one takes place a little bit or was made earlier than that but uh Absolutely. So everything kind of has that 80s sci-fi aesthetic. Everything's very boxy and enclosed. Windows are small. Everything has like it's it's very it's a very like claustrophobic techno feel. Which go back and watch the old the first Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. Again, a lot of those same aesthetics. Yeah, like like we mentioned before the podcast, the music's also very good in this. Uh, oh my god, the music! It's like that 80s like synth pop new wave shit like and we'll, we'll talk about that as we go through it um but we'll dive right in cody so the movie kind of opens up with uh what appears to be a flashback scene and uh this to at the time when i'd seen this the first time i thought this was just like oh we're just getting um you know we're, we're just getting just some some backstory to this this woman and okay well here's the eight man i wonder what's happening with him so i i start quickly thinking you know, as a comic, as a kid who loved comic books too, like this, like this eight man thing is almost like a mantle, because um, like, but apparently, like this, this eight man is the 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 eight man from the from the show from the sixties, and it shows him kind of almost like on fire, and he like uh uh the woman we we're introduced to is like no don't uh, Azumasan please don't leave you know don't leave wait, um, and. He leaps out the window and he's in full eight man garb. And then we're kind of brought into, you know, the modern time here. Um, and we're introduced to this big sprawling, almost like, again, if you've seen RoboCop, you'll feel right at home. We're in this sprawling metropolis, very cyberpunk, big city, has a very like Detroit, Los Angeles type feel. Like you definitely get the vibe that you, you're in the United States um, for this movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we're we're kind of reintroduced to that same character that we met, uh, that we saw in that flashback scene. Yep. And in typical '90s fashion, you see that. Um, I mean, obviously, there's street punks and thugs all over the street. Like you know, you got people you know stealing, snatching purses off of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can drug deals going on. Um, but again, everything just kind of has this shiny sci-fi aesthetic. And um, so, pretty much the heart of the city is this big. Um, monolith of a of a of an of a building, a high rise, and it houses the biotechnic uh, biotechno corporation. Um, and we're introduced here to, I guess the uh, he's got. Uh, you see this scene where this car just flies off a bridge, but this hand comes out and catches it. And you're like, okay, well, you realize that this is like a like a model, like a model of the city um, in this in this CEO's office. We're introduced to uh, Daigo who is the CEO of 
this um, of this biotechno corporation, um, and we're quickly introduced back to that same woman who works in uh, public relations, um, and she just has some. She's just talking to him about like you know his bid for for mayor. Uh, the the CEO actually wants to run for mayor because you know he you know has the politician answer. You know this city. I love this city with all my heart. I, I want to see it you know prosper and you know want to want to get rid of the crime and turn things around. You know typical politician bullshit. Right, definitely. <laughs> um, but we're we're quickly interrupted um, by a, a a a what appears to be just a, a younger gentleman um, coming in uh, ha- ha- having some questions. It's uh, we're introduced to um, Hazma uh, Hazama, who is the actual the main character here. Um, he's asking questions about a a missing scientist by the name of Eddie Schmidt. Um, so. And he comes in, he asks some questions, but he's quickly, um, I guess, kind of thrown out of this place um, because he's uh, kind of he's digging deep into some uh, some shit that cl- clearly we're starting to see now that there's uh, there's some stuff happening behind the scenes here, Cody. Wait, you mean the the CEO of the giant corporation is not a good guy? Uh, right? Who'd have fucking <laughs> thought? Who'd have thought? But um, so he's kind of shooed out of the building. Um, just you know, asking questions about this missing scientist who not only was um, didn't just go missing, he went missing with some very important documents. Um, so now we've set the stage for um, Hazma's um, being in this. So as he's being shooed out, um, Sachiko, who is the um, the young lady that we're we've been introduced to, she's leaving the building and uh, she's trying to hail a cab and with no luck. So he comes peeling around the corner. He's like, "Oh, hey, we meet again. You want to ride?" And uh, she's like, well, I'll just take a cab. And he's like, well, you fucking tried to cab. So if you want to ride or not, because he's clearly being pursued by people. So this is where, you know, they kind of introduce each other. And she figures out that he is a private detective um, because he, you know, he kind of mentions that he doesn't like cops. Like he actually fucking despises cops, um, which we find more about later. Um, But drops her off and... He's like, um, he kind of throws a matchbook out the window. He's like, hey, well, you know, if you if you want to, if you want to talk, you know, give me a call. Yeah, doesn't he like? Does he invite her out for drinks or? Yeah, he he asks her to, to go out for a drink, and uh, I, I think she declines here. But that's when he gives her the matchbook and says, you know, hey, if you want to, if you want to, you know, hang out or do something or talk, you know, here, just meet me here, or dial this number. Mm-hmm. So the old the old matchbook in the rain, the classic. <laughs> Yeah, and then we're, I believe after this, we're introduced to our, our police chief for this story. Uh, uh, yeah, so, like, right after this, um, we're, we're, we're seeing a, a squad car kind of come, you know, plowing down the road, and we've got a young rookie um, driving. i got to remember his name. Um, shit, shit, shit. Not, Tanaka is the name of the chief. Um, Something along. Uh, I'm trying to remember yeah, the, the rookie cop's name. It? Yeah, um, Tanaka, it, it, it's like Irogawa, or not Yokogawa, because that's, uh, oh, fuck, that's going to eat me up if I do not remember his name. That's right, but, we'll um, see if we can remember it as, as we go on. <laughs> exactly. But he's, uh, so they're, they're heading to what appears to be a, a like, a standoff. Um, you know, of course, Chief's got a hot dog, and, you know, he's, like, slopping it all over him, which, you know, he's, he's very, like, you know, I got a stack of complaints as high as my cholesterol, police chief. Like a very like detective noir police chief. Um, oh, so, and speaking of which, Chris, I remembered it's Ichiro. Ichiro, okay, and he's like, um, and he's actually Chief Tanaka's son. 
His nephew. That's right, because he calls him Uncle uh, Uncle Tanaka. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I mean, Chief. That's right. That's right. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm starting to think I made a made a mistake. And he even has like the grizzled, like chewing on asphalt voice. Oh, I made the mistake. I shouldn't have even shouldn't have had you join the police force. <laughs> But they're going up to a what appears to be a shootout. Like there's like cop cars barricaded in. There's dead bodies in the street, and so and you all you see coming up from inside this diner is like this Gatling gun and just starts spraying the fucking block. Um, and of course, the 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 police are all kind of behind their cars. Like they they just like their 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 service pistols just are no match for this fucking this crazy hardware that this guy has. And, well, he comes out, and apparently this guy, he's got, like, a tattoo on his face. That gun is attached to his arm. And apparently this guy is an ex-cop. Um, so he comes out, and, like, they they, they don't want to kill him, but uh, he just he keeps coming towards him. So they, they light him up. They, they just they take him down, bullet hole right through the head, all through the chest. Um, and, of course, that makes, the, that makes Chief Tanaka kind of sick to his stomach. He looks down at the bodies, looks at his hot dog, and just – you know, in very again, very hard boiled fashion, just tosses it on the ground. Um, yeah, pretty so pretty gruesome scene. A lot of blood. Um, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and like this, I mean, these are like innocent civilians that have been shot up here. Right. Yep, and then we and then we flash back over to our boy Hazuma. Yep, who's uh, heading to his uh, his apartment here, and he um, his apartment building, and he sees the uh, his door is ajar. And he hears some uh, some sort of some sort of hip top, some sort of rap music playing, and there's a, there's a young man just dancing in his living room. Yeah, we meet. Our... And we don't mean sultry. He's uh, you know he's like MC Hammer dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. We meet our buddy Sam. Yes, indeed, Sam O'Connor, um, who seems to be just kind of like you know. Again, we're going back to like some really cr- like '80s and '90s tropes where like you have this this main character there's usually some sort of like streetwise kid that just happens to be like really like like they're really cool right like Mm -hmm. you know he he provides him with like the info what's going on on the streets like he keeps his ear to the streets he knows what's going on and there's usually some kind of relationship here and we realize real quickly um while they're talking that he's like hey do you have any information on my dad like he's been gone for days um and he's like yeah of course uh he calls him he calls him zan um, and I, th- I think I'm going to call him Zam for, you know, just for the sake of keeping this easy. Um, so Zam almost kind of brushes him off like, uh, you know what, maybe, maybe he's just in a bar somewhere. He's just face down in a gutter somewhere. He left and got drunk. And and Sam is like, well, no, like, I know my dad. Like, that's, that's not like him. Yeah. And then before they, we can kind of find out any more about that, uh, Hazma gets a call from this professor. Yeah, Professor uh, Professor Tani, I believe, is his name. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tani. Yeah, and he's actually the one who's hired Hazuma to uh, be like the private investigator on the disappearance Eddie, of, of, Eddie of Eddie Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah, and yep. he's like, "Hey, I need you to come over to the to the lab. I got something you need to see." Um, yep. So Hazuma makes and his. This... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, please, no, please, sir. I, I'm glad that you're <laughs> like invested in this story. Yeah, Hazuma makes his way over there. Uh, he recognizes the chief, uh, Chief. Is it Tanaka? Or Tanaka, yep. Tanaka, yeah. He's like, what do I got? Some unpaid parking tickets? That's one of my, <laughs> Just a funny line that I wrote down here. Um, mm-hmm. But they're kind of looking at this this piece of hardware, like the Gatling gun that the uh, like cyborg guy that was shooting up the place. Excuse me. Yep. Had attached to his arm, and they're like, 
uh, they're like, this is some pretty advanced shit that's going on here. Like, this was attached to his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, at first, Hazma doesn't want really anything to do with this, because uh, I guess him and the police chief have, like, a bad history together. Um, yep. Because there's some, like, because I, I want to say, like, the professor wants them to work together. It's like, hey, like, we need to figure this shit out. And they're both just like, nah, how about fuck this guy? Yeah, definitely. Well, even, well I think even the chief wants to kind of work with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Haz, like, you know, Zam is, or Hazma, Hazma Zam, you know, whatever you want to call him. I said I was going to call him Zam, but now since we have Sam, I don't want to get people confused. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough with the Zam-Sam thing, but, you know. That's right, Zam and Sam, this fall on Fox. Um, but, yeah, like, he definitely just has, like, sticks to his guns. He does not want to fucking work with police officers and we'll find more about why later like this is the second time where he's just like fuck the police right Mm -hmm. yeah so he he dips off and he actually goes to have a drink at like a a, like a a diner type place like a bar and uh yeah because he actually meets up with sachiko like first and they they decide to go somewhere else because like the place is like it's like too fancy he's just like oh fuck this place and when they go to the diner, she's like, you feel a lot more at home here. He's like, yeah, I've actually never been to that other place, but the matchbook was really handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they, they kind of get to know each other a little bit. Um, but he's kind of just trying to find some more information on this case that he's working on. Um, yep. he, and he, while they're sitting there, he actually notices a car outside, like kind of kind of like casing him, you know? Yeah, he's kind of sus- suspect of it. Um, and he shows her a picture of Eddie Schmidt and sees if he can, like, if she recognizes him or, like, anything. Mm. Kind of just, he's just prying for information, basically, at this point. Yep. And I want to say she, because, like, it's it's in a different department, like, she's like, I don't, I've never seen him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they, ha- they, they have their drinks, and then Hazma ends up going to take her home. Yep. And as he, um, he's dropping her off, um, and they, they talk about, like, doing it again sometime. But uh, as he's leaving, he notices, as he's, I guess, pulling the U-turn to leave, he notices the car that was watching the apartment, or that was, that was watching them at the um, at the, at the diner. diner. Yeah. So he fucking pumps the brakes, turns around, and it cuts back to Sachiko, and she's getting, like, she's getting yoked up by somebody. Yeah, this guy's got, like, a knife to her throat, asking him, mm-hmm. asking her what, like, all that he had told her. Yeah, what did y'all talk about? And he's like, he starts working down, like cuts her neck, goes down, like pops her shirt open, and I guess he's about to lick his chops and uh, pop her bra off when uh, when Hazma just bursts open the door, and you know, gun, guns blaze, or well, not guns blaze, but he's got it drawn here, and he, he's reaching for the light switch, mm-hmm. and he he sees this person. Yeah, and this guy. And, he he fires a couple shots at him, and he like he lifts up his arm to like block the bullets. Uh-huh. Um, so you quickly realize that he's like a like a, a cyborg type half robot thing. Yep, and the knife is actually attached to this arm that took the shots. And so what does he do? Fuck it, he charges him, and um, he I want to say he stabs him right here. And he said he like Hosma's like holy shit, I know this guy. That's t- I know this this person. This is Tony Gleck. And he's like, well, you made a big mistake saying my name, so now, now I have to kill you both. Yeah, Hazma like... felt like what he was going to fucking do in the first place anyway. Right, yeah, like Hazma catches the blade at first and, like, tries to get yep. Sachiko to safety, and then it ends up getting stabbed, like, pretty gruesomely here. Like, he, he stabs him and turns the blade and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, huh. and then like, and he knocks Sachiko through a table. Like she, she's she's fucking dead weight at this point. Yeah, and then uh, and and a last ditch effort, uh, Hazuma ends up running and taking out Tony. Like they dive through this window and yep. fall to the street below. Um, yeah, so pretty yep, and, pr- pretty crazy scene. Um, yeah, like, and, and of course we're all, we're left with questions. We're like, holy shit, who? So clearly they know each other, and then you're wondering like, well, who's Tony Gleck? And that seems like a very like. It's weird that he just know, knew who this guy was like right off the bat after seeing his face. So, it, we're, we're we're obviously we're left with some questions, and I'm trying to remember what part comes next. If I forget if it's another scene with Tony Gleck or if we go back to. Uh, uh, we get we get a quick scene of Sachiko like recovering in the hospital. That's right. That's right. Um, she and she wants to see Hazuma, um, but they won't they won't let her like they won't let her see him. But they say she's all right. Uh, and then we get yep. a, a quick scene where, like, they flash to the professor. Yep. And we see this eight-man suit, which obviously we know the yep. name of the movie, Eight Man After. Uh, and it's almost like a like a superhero-type suit. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, connected to, like, all these, uh, obviously, like, computers and wires and everything's going on there. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember here, because um, I know when Sachiko recovers, uh, Ichiro gives her a ride from the hospital. And I can remember if that's here or if the Tony Gleck scene is coming up again. Yeah, that's all here. Um, and he actually drop, takes her over to Hazma's apartment where she's introduced to Sam. Yep, because uh, they knock on the door and he's not there. And Sam's like, oh, shit, the cops. I thought that, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so they go out and they go out and uh, they, they get, get like... him some food because he's like, oh, yeah, I haven't had a real meal in weeks. And he's just like talking shit about Hazma. Yeah, and they're wondering like what hospital he's being held at. And all this stuff, um, and then Sam's like, "What do you mean hospital?" I think I, and and that's like him and Ichiro like kind of back and forth. He's like, "Yo, dude, we we took you with us because you you told us you knew where he was." He was like, "Well, I knew where he could be. Yeah. Like, like there's all the bars and clubs where he could be. But if he's in the hospital, that's something completely different. He's probably in trouble." Yeah, and then of course, uh, like a turf war between two like rival gangs. Yeah, breaks we're out interrupted. On- very quickly, but also too, we forgot to mention um, while they're heading that way, uh, while Ichigo and Sachiko are, are heading uh, to his apartment, they're actually kind of like road rage or like being fucked with on the street by this car of just like punks. Yeah, just like which a car of goons comes into play now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a car of fucking goons. Um, but yeah, they're fighting against like another rival gang, and it appears like there's the other gang has like cyborg parts like they got guns yeah, in got their guy, arms they got, got like, a rocket launcher leg got the old rocket knee yeah um mm-hmm. and they make short work of this other gang like it's like it seems like it's not even a fair fight um and sam is like oh yeah you, these are these are just fucking uh these are just fucking cyber junkies man they just got a bunch of gangbangers just uh they're just they're they're cutting their arms and legs off and getting them replaced with uh cyborg parts you know so they can just so they can, you know, be stronger and shit like that. So he kind of, like, Sam kind of knows what's going on with these guys. Like, this isn't anything crazy to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, obviously, our hero of the story, Eight Man, shows up, Chris. Oh, dude, this this scene, because, like, after they make work of this other gang, these cyberpunks, like, they, they're like, well, they they start destroying this diner, and they realize, uh, you know, Ichigo's in there, and he's, um, you know, he's trying to protect him. He's like, hey, you know, we just got to hold out here until backup comes. And, of course, he fires off a couple shots, and, like, the wall he's hidden behind just gets melted. Um, and he's ready to, like, go in there and get him. And, and, like, one of the goons, like, the one that has the rocket knee is like, wait a minute, guys, there's there's somebody here. I don't know what's going on. But, like, you see, like, these kind of, like, 
these blue like sparks on the ground kind of circling the guy um and he uh i forget what happens here if he he, uh he tries to shoot one of his rockets but like immediately just gets yoked up by like this this almost like phantasm looking thing just gets yoked up and put down immediately um and then of course we talked about the music while this whole scene's going on there's like this really cool like synth like like this is essentially the like eight man's theme um and this shit's so fucking cool so he makes short work of the other guy and then like the main guy sees what's going on and he tries like, he, he's like starting to get spooked because this this uh this thing that he can't really see just kind of fucking bodied his other guys and he like pops up on uh like the hood of this car and you see obviously we are now met with the full visage of the eight man mm-hmm. and the other guy just starts to haul ass away and I, I this is where like you see like I, I like this scene where like it shows his feet going slow then he starts getting faster then he kind of has like this six million dollar man like <laughs> thing going on yeah we get a couple of cool like scenes that we'll see again like the feet moving faster like him running and then there's also the scene oh, where he like he catches the bullets that they're shooting at him oh dude so fucking great and like i love this scene where yeah that's right because that, that happened before like he starts shooting and he just like puts his hand up like neo in the matrix and just catches him and just drops him because that's what makes the guy run away mm-hmm. um but like when he catches i don't know what it is i love this scene where like he's running so fast like he's so much faster this guy like he catches him and like fucking skids across the street and then like <laughs> just flips to the other guy's arm and just crushes his fucking gun palm hand that he has yeah, he's like ripping their their cyborg limbs off. Um, yep. Like I said, this whole this whole anime is actually, or this whole animated movie is like pretty pretty gruesome. Like, there's a lot of blood, which is mm-hmm. like nothing nothing to complain about for me. Um, yeah, he and he just makes like short work of these guys. Um, and it goes. I guess now we're at the aftermath. Chief Tanaka's there, and like the goons are being like hauled off in an ambulance. Like they're missing arms and legs, and they're just in excruciating pain. And Look who decides to show up. Our boy Hazuma. <laughs> yeah, our boy Hazuma just shows up out of nowhere, and he looks he looks good. Like, he doesn't look like he's hurt. Doesn't look like injured. he just got stabbed horrifically. <laughs> yeah, or, or, like, shows any sign of a struggle, or, like, he's not hobbling. He's not anything. And, of course, uh, Sachiko is like, are you okay? Like, what's, are you, like, you? Yeah. Like, very just surprised to see that he's recovered so quickly. Yeah, and she also we should mention this. Um, when Eight Man's about to leave, she yes. like she says like, "Is it Azuna?" Or... Uh, Azuma, yeah, Azuma-san. Yeah, that's her. Uh, that she's... was like her old lover. She's like, "Holy shit, don't she's... leave, not, not like, again, don't run away again, or whatever she mm-hmm. says." Um, but like, when and what's crazy is like when she says, "I guess this is as the movie to the watcher to throw you off the scent." Um, because when she says Azuma-san, wait, like he stops. So maybe you think it is him. But mm-hmm. then like he keeps walking and that's when she's like, not again. And that's when our boy Hazuma shows up and like he's he's kind of different. Um, a little bit colder. Um, I don't know. Little, just, just very, like, doesn't seem like too terribly different. But again, just a little bit more on the colder side. Yeah, like you like, said. Like dodging her questions, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, uh, they tr- they try to throw us off the scent that he might be the eight man, uh, but by oh, him st- stopping. But like we as the viewer, we we know it's him. Um, yeah, we fucking know. And then I think the next scene is when it goes to Tony Gleck again, and we're introduced to Mister Halloween. 
Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the flow. Like, because like the middle of the movie is like all gas. Because um, then we're introduced here to uh, we we see uh, Tony Gleck speaking to because he realizes that the detective is still alive. Like Mr. Halloween knows that uh, the Hazma is still. No, wait a minute, hold on. I think I'm missing a part here because he goes back because he goes back to the office with Sachiko. Shit, I'm all turned around here because no, when Tony Gleck speaks with Mr. Halloween, he realizes that Hazma's still alive and okay, yeah, ha- punishes is, Tony for that. We go to the scene with Hazma and Tony. You're right. Okay. Because this, this, this is where we see that Mr. Halloween uh, has, and I don't think the identity of Mr. Halloween gets revealed quite yet. No, not yet. He's kind of like a mystery man in the shadows, but it turns out yeah, he has like, like sitting in a chair. He has he's like disappointed in Tony Gleck uh, for not taking care of Hazma, and mm-hmm. uh, he has like this remote. It's like a, almost like a torture device. Mm-hmm. I guess it like shorts out his nerves or shorts out his parts. Um, he's and he's he's like Tony. Don't 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 forget who dragged you out of that river or whatever. He says, yeah, don't forget who dragged you out of that river and you know put you where you are now. Um, so we, we quickly realize here that uh you know that clearly Tony answers to this guy, um, and this guy ruled this uh this Mr. Halloween fellow rules with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. And then we flash over to Hazuma and Sachigo, and this is where they go to like the office of the Biotecho Corporation. Yeah, because they're uh they're looking for they're looking for anything on Eddie Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they go to like. I guess it's Sachigo's computer or somebody's computer, basically. Uh, and yeah, it's, her off- it's in her office. Yeah, and Hazma's like, hey, I could go for a cup of coffee. And while she mm-hmm. goes to do that, we see that he has, he's clearly the ape man. He has like this, I don't even like know. This how- R2-D2 thing, like these little like, <laughs> wires that come out of his uh, out of his wrist and he just, yeah, just he, like- sticks it into the computer and just starts downloading all the files. Because apparently, like, there, like there, there's so many files to go through. Um because it, it looks because he wants he wants her to go to the car, but she's like, dude, it would look suspicious if I just leave and leave you here. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, just say I was in the bathroom or whatever. And like he's he's kind of coming back to his like quick witted self at this point. Uh, I guess just to kind of throw off that you know that he's not the eight man. Yeah, but then we have the uh, then we have the the alarm system goes off, mm-hmm. and then it starts releasing like this gas into the room. Um, he tells her not to breathe it in, but she breathes it in. Um, and he kind of makes a quick escape from these guards that are chasing after him. And he jumps yep, out. We have this... like the, he goes up, up the stairs, down the stairs, and just turns yeah. into eight man and just rolls out the window. Yeah, and then he's like standing on like a light pole or something. Mm. And it, it, like his legs are clearly like that of the eight man. So like it, it's clearly him. She doesn't know it yet. Um, but we as the watcher, yep. we definitely know. Yep. And then Chris. And she... Oh, no, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, please. No, no, no I, I insist. I, I insist. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up the the best scene of the whole entire movie slash series, which is this pill popping mayor. But that's the next. Dude, oh, the pill popping mayor is so fucking great. Because um, he's having a meeting with Chief Tanaka, and he is just. Throwing hey, him he, back. He like, makes the excuse. He's like, I've got asthma. I've got a cold. And it's like, nah, dude, you're fucking a junkie, my bro. Yeah. It's so great. Get a cool little scene there. Um, then we flash over to the eight man who is now back in uh, Professor Tani's office, and he's having Tani go over like the the data that he just got from Sachigo's computer. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, like he, he, and he sounds very robotic here. Obviously, like when he's in eight man form, he seems very like I don't know, like what did you find in this data, mm-hmm. Professor? Yeah, and the professor kind of brings up something that's gonna come into play a little bit later. Uh, but he's talking about like how he shouldn't get emotional. Like it's the problem with like the last eight man is like his emotions got evolved or something like that. Um, just just kind of like foreshadowing, basically. Yeah, because uh, because it's a he has a cybernetic brain, but and we'll we'll see here coming up soon where like some of his own like memories start to come up, mm-hmm. which leads to some really wacky shit, which will be coming up soon here. Yeah, and so Hazma leaves. He goes to investigate like uh, I don't know if it's like a like a the house where the bad guys are staying, um, but when he goes to open the door, like. Uh, there's like a bomb on the door and it blows up and then he sees the the bad guys driving away yep yeah i, I want to say it's actually it's i i want to say it's his apartment actually because he was uh okay he was okay. heading back to his apartment that makes sense that makes sense it yeah. was rig- it was uh, yeah his apartment was rigged to blow mm-hmm. and but of course he gets out um i want to say here we're brought back to um to sachigo who's now they're actually back at sam's apartment Okay, that um, see that was a little confusing for me when I first watched it. Yeah. I didn't know where they were at. Yeah, they're at Sam's apartment because uh, because she yeah, wakes she... up and sees Sam watching TV, and she's like, "It's okay, you can cut the volume up." And he's like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I have to watch the volume down because like my landlord realizes I'm here. He's gonna start coming around bugging for this rent money." So is that where is this where he sees his dad on the TV? Yes, yeah, because he's watching TV and he sees a um, apparently the Biotechno Corporation um is. They're he they're sponsoring a football like an American football exhibition against the championship team, which is the Jokers, and there's a new team, uh, the Black Fighters or Black Devils, I forget what they're called, and yeah, the Black he's Fighters. Sponsoring, yeah. Yep. yeah, and he's sponsoring like an exhibition game uh, with them, and he sees that his dad is on the Black Fighters team, and he's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, because you find out um, here that his father was actually an ex football player, which makes sense that he's there. And he's like, you know, we got to go. We need to go get tickets to this game, and you know, see, you know we, we need to see this. So they actually leave to go get tickets to the game. And when they, um, Hosma comes uh, over there, um, I guess because he's coming to check on uh, Sachiko, and they meet back up, and that's when they realize that hey, we've got tickets to this game. Where you know, my dad's there, and I want to say he tells he tells Sam, it's like that's probably not him, man. You're you know you're losing your mind. Yeah, you shouldn't like live in the past, all that. Uh, and this is exactly. where we get. I guess this scene, this football scene, is actually like pretty iconic. Because when I first looked up the movie, when you told me this was what you were selecting, mm-hmm. the first thing that popped up was like, is like football scene. Football scene was all the links. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the scene's pretty iconic, and this is where they go to the football game. Yeah, because uh, what the big thing here, and this kind of gives it some context, and we also see why all these other guys have gone crazy because, and um, and of course, Eight Man is kind of affected by this too. The, there's a drug that you need to take that allows your body to pretty much accept the, the cyborg implants. Um, but the stuff the professor has is a lot more pure. It's not going to have all the side effects that uh, the stuff that the, the guys on the street are taking. There's like a street level version of this shit that's it's causing people to go like sociopathic. That's why all of these cyborgs are like losing their mind. Like the cop in the, at the diner 
uh, the cyber, like the, the goons, after they had their turf war, they just turned on everybody that was in their area. This drug is called, excuse me, beer burps. Whatever this drug is that's allowing them to accept the cyborg parts is having just a terrible effect on their mind. Um, which comes into play here because we see um, two, uh, two, go- two more cyborg goons and they come in and they're like, all right, every- who wants their medicine? Um, and all the football players start putting the, this uh, this drug into their where a lot of times it's on their like leg or their arm or on like their an eight man it's on his belt buckle. They just they start ingesting this drug and they start like fucking roiding out here. So yep, and uh, obviously we see that Sam's dad is one of these these like yep. cyborg goon football players. Yep. So the the game actually starts, and uh, the champion team, the Joker, they uh, you know, they they actually get the ball first, and they get fucking just stomped <laughs> on the kickoff, right? Like they injure the guy who returned the ball, like they fucking smush his ribs. Um, and then of course there's the first um, the first play of the game, and the 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 black fighters just go haywire and just start hurt. Like they're suplexing them, they're fucking punching them, like. Because uh, they hit the guy, they fumble the ball, they recover it. Um, they're like John Madden here with the boom bam, and like <laughs> they just start, they just beat the shit out of this other team, and like the crowd starts booing them like out of the building. They're like, "Wait a minute, like what, what's going on here? Like, like this, this is this is dirty football." So Cody, and of course uh, Daigo is in the like you know the VIP box, um, watching this all unfold, and the football team they just rip down the fucking gates um but before they do that like sam actually sees his dad and like mm-hmm. he runs down to like the fence at the bottom of the stands you know, where the field is and he's like dad it's me sam and that's when that's when they fucking start tearing down the gates and start pretty much start killing the crowd yeah we see daigo's like what are they doing they're going crazy all this stuff and we see uh we Sony we tony glex in the crowd and like his two yep. his two main goons who supplied the drugs to the to the Black Fighters, like, football team. Yeah, but he's, and Tony Glex almost kind of, like, reprimanding him here. Like, why did you give him? Like, I forget if it's him who reprimands him or if it's Mr. Halloween that reprimands him later for giving him that stuff. And But they were all, I want to say, like, the two goons that did it just had, like, a smart-ass comment to it saying they were just like, uh, like, oh, well, like, now we've got a ball game or now we're going to see some overtime or sudden death or something <laughs> stupid like that, right? Yeah, so There's a very, like, 90s one-liner mm-hmm. right there. Um, but obviously panic is going, everybody's going crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam's trying to figure out what's wrong with his dad. Uh, and then our boy Hazuma kind of disappears. Well, then out, out Chris, of course, comes the eight man. Yep. So Sam, Sam is trying to like get to his father, like trying to like reason with him. And you actually see a moment where his dad's like, like the, the, the red in his eyes kind of stops and he has a moment, but that's when the eight man comes and just fucking, like takes him out, but he like takes out like the whole fucking team here. Yeah, he's like ripping the team apart. This is where you get like the blood splatters on his face. Yeah, and uh, Which actually, we have a we get our first flashback of like Hazuma's past. Yeah, this is like a big scene here, and this kind of ties the whole movie together. So he, while he, you know, once he gets this blood splattered on his face, while he's taking everybody out, you're introduced to like this this moment in the past where like Hazuma's being like held down. Mm-hmm. And you see this woman being held by fucking Tony Gleck. Um, and he's like, tell, you know, Hosma's pretty much helpless here. And you see Tony Gleck just shoot the woman. 
and I want to say blood splatters on his face. And yep. that's where it kind of ties into this uh, this scene. Well, you find out here, this is where it all kind of comes, kind of goes full circle, where like Tony Gleck was a crooked cop um, who was on, uh, I guess, on the take with these drug lords with a couple of other cops. And because uh, Hosmo was actually investigating them, they used his sister. Like they were like, hey, you know, we tried bribing you. That didn't work. What is, what's it going to take for you to leave us alone or get your nose out of our business? So this is the end result. They end up killing his sister, and Hosma goes on a fucking rampage. Pretty much takes out all of these crooked cops. Um, now I'm going to stop you there for a second, Chris, because mm-hmm. that's a little bit later. Uh, we get, okay. Um, but I get so excited with this backstory. Yeah, we do get that backstory here in a little bit. Uh, but we flash back to present times, and this is where Hosma and... O'Connor is really the only name we have for him. It's Sam's dad. Yep. They kind of have their fight, um, which obviously Sam Sa- beats him pretty handily. Oh yeah, yeah. He's not really a match for for Eight Man, um, but obviously Sam's worried because he he doesn't want his father to like die. No. So and like it, it's kind of weird, right? And, and like Sachiko also like steps in front, um, and like Sam and like Sachiko are like you know you're not. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like you're you're worse than these guys are. You're the real monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually like leaves. Um, after he like tones down because he's got like Sachiko by like the nap of her neck, mm-hmm. and like the word attack is like blazing like on his uh on his HUD, but like it disappears and like he starts to like see her and her voice stops sounding. Like, he actually kind of snaps out of whatever trance he was in. Um, and he leaves because he's just like, what the fuck did I just do? And he leaves. Um, yeah, he actually and, goes, he goes to see the professor to try and yeah figure out basically what was going on. And he's like, "This is where the professor, in my opinion, I thought he was going to be like pretty evil." Because um, mm-hmm. he makes it seem like, "Oh, it might have just been a glitch or something like that." And I really thought that he was going to end up, I don't know, being like a big bad or something like that. Like you thought, like the professor might have been like Mister Halloween or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because like yeah, because Halloween's identity hasn't been revealed. Um. And I don't, know, I don't know, he just had, like, a sinister vibe to him, kind of. And he talks more about, yep. like, the human emotions or when they get introduced to, like, the cyborgs. Like, it causes them to, like, kind of act out yep. crazy and, like, they become basically unpredictable, yada, yada, uh, yada. Um, yep. And I, then I can't remember if next year is when we see, we yeah, this see is, Tony and Halloween again. Well, this is where we get that scene that you were talking about, Chris, where Hosma's driving and he kind of flashes back to where he's... Yeah. Him, like, basically taking out all of these goons that had... I guess they were involved with the killing of his sister. Yep, yeah, it was pretty much all the ones who were there with Tony Gleck, and uh, he ends up killing all of them. And uh, comes face-to-face with Tony, like, on, a, on, a, on like a subway line. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got the... Like, Hosma, it's a really cool scene, because like, the, the subway is pulling up behind Hosma, and Tony Gleck's running, so Hosma shoots him, and he goes to shoot him again. Um, but like jumps out of the way before the subway hits him and the subway ends up like fucking smashing into Tony and knocking him into the river. So now that gives us context to Mr. Halloween saying, well, you were all but dead when I found you in that river. So, so now the story, the backstories come full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get a scene with like Sam and his dad, they're kind of in an alleyway and Sam's like, dad, do you remember me? All this stuff. And his dad's starting to kind of come back to like, uh, yeah. Like his memories are st- kind of starting to come back, uh, and then Hosmo he comes back to his to the apartment, 
and Sachi goes there and she's like, hey, have you seen Sam? Like, where have you been, basically? Because Hazma just disappeared at the football game. Yeah. Um, so I think this kind of starts where she's, like, suspecting that he might Maybe be the agent. Maybe it's him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then, before they can get into any of that, Sam and his dad, they kind of burst in. And he's like, can you help him? They kind of tie up his wounds, like... Yeah, and this is where, and like Sam has this moment because they, they strip him down, and you see like pretty much his arms and legs are all cybernetic. And Sam's like, "What did they like? They've chopped him up. Look what they did to him. Like he's like in tears. Like, what did they do to my dad?" Yeah, because his dad had like a, a bad hip injury. Yep. Um, like right after winning like the MVP or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like when they go into that. So they go into that story a little bit later because like um. Long story short is he was like a, a like like very very much like Bo Jackson. That was the vibe I got because Bo Jackson was, you know, I'm gonna date myself here. Like Bo Jackson is probably the greatest athlete of my generation, but it was all cut short because of a hip injury. Like he like dislocated his hip or something like that again, or fractured his hip or something against the Bengals, um, and he was never the same again. Like never ever the same. So there's that same vibe here. You've got this amazing like one in a million athlete fractures his hip, kind of becomes like this old. He kind of flounders in the league for the rest of the time, um, and really wants to make Sam proud. So he now he has this opportunity to you know be the star of the show again. And of course, you know what pro athlete coming down the home stretch of their career after a critical injury would not take an opportunity like this, especially when like they want to provide for their kid and like be a good role model for their kid. So like, and they go into all that a little bit later. But I thought I thought I'd share that here because I think that's just such an important just it's such an important part to his character and it really like fleshes it out and i'm glad like i want to talk about it here because it just makes so much more sense when you start talking with him later mm-hmm. yeah definitely like comparison to bo jackson is definitely like that's that's super true because like it is a hip injury like you said mm-hmm. that's interesting uh, maybe i'm sure that's where they got the reference for him oh absolutely i mean the time frame is still exactly the same i say i'm trying to think of when bo jackson I want to say it was like in the like early it was like, like ninety like ninety or ninety one something like that yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, uh, I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Nineteen ninety one hip injury in nineteen ninety one against the Cincinnati Bengals that ended his football career. Yep, that's actually yeah. I'm sure they got that from that. Uh, oh, absolutely. But anyhow, back back to our next scene. We get uh, this is where we see uh, kind of Tony take control. Um, yeah, we have a, a bit of a, a coup in the uh, in the villain world here. Um, Mr. Halloween pops into his office, which I think here, this is where we realize that Daigo is Mr. Halloween, which I think the first time we saw Mr. Halloween, we saw, like, the brown suit and, like, the look. The, the, you kind of could tell. Yeah, he was kind of, like, silhouetted in, like, in, in the shadows. Um, but you could kind of, like, make a prediction there. Um, but, yeah, it turns out Daigo, the big CEO of the Biotecho Corporation, is... Actually, not such a good guy, of course. Um, Indeed, and uh, apparently he is on the outs um, because Tony Gleck is sitting there, and like they they pull up like this this hidden room shows the the board of directors, and they're like, "Hey, so after this little debacle with at the football stadium, um, we're going to need you to go ahead and resign your position. You're you're definitely not the CEO anymore." And of course, like you know, this is Tony talking, and he like. And he's like, "What are you talking about? Like, you, you owe me. Like, what, what are you, you know, why are you saying this shit to me?" So he pulls out the remote to try to, to try to like torture him again, and he, this shit doesn't work anymore. 
Yeah, so he's we like, got that classic he's tides like, turn moment. Oh, I changed the programming or something. And he's like, they he has his goons like tie him up, and he's like, we'll deal with him later. Yep. And then of course he walks into the board of directors. He's like, well, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and be in charge here. Um, one guy, I, I, one guy kind of speaks up, and he like he he hits him up. with like a throwing knife, basically, like yeah, Call like of Duty style. <laughs> exactly. He's like, does anybody else second that motion? And everybody doesn't. Nobody says a fucking word. So. Tony Gleck has now seized power from Mr. Halloween, and Tony Gleck is now looks appears to be the new crime boss here in this city. Um, and then I want to say here, this is where we go back to the apartment, and O'Connor so, is starting to. Well, before we get to that, we got Sachigo. We're we're still back at the apartment. Yes, 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 yes. This is Sa- where she Sachi- has that scene. Yeah, she's she thinks- she's kind of questioning like, could Hosma be the Ape Man? Um, mm-hmm. Which rightfully so, she's questioning this, and she's like. Hey, I want to see your scar from like that stab wound. She's like, because obviously she's thinking what anybody, any rational person would think. Like he got stabbed pretty gruesomely and thrown out of a window. And you come back seemingly with no injuries. Yeah. So Hazma reveals he like unbuttons his shirt and reveals that he has this giant scar. Um, yep. And Sachiko like feels silly. She's like, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and then of course we have like this kind of like. <laughs> very forced like macho kind of like semi love scene where like he grabs her by the arm throws her on the couch with his shirt unbuttoned very like smut novelty kind of you know mm-hmm. rocky mountain monk here and then gets shut down quickly and she she runs out of the room <laughs> yep she runs out kind of embarrassed and he like throws his fucking bottle of bottle of booze across the room yeah because he's like drinking and he can't get drunk basically i guess it's because he's an android now all right yep. he, he's like part android or however that all works man that that what a horrible feeling if you could just keep drinking and not get drunk like that's 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 half the fun right yeah i don't think this podcast would exist if we couldn't get drunk chris god no absolutely not it wouldn't that's not the world i want to live in cody no absolutely not (laughs) but i think now here here is where o'connor starts to wake up um because uh like sam's in the room like talking to him and he starts to kind of come to, and then that's when they, they he kind of lets everybody, oh, shit, he's awake, he's awake. Because um, he, like, because uh, Sam, like, bur- or they burst in the room where um, Hosma is and let him know that he's awake. So he makes him, like, some soup and shit. Uh, oh, no, 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 not yet. When he wakes up, he starts flailing. Yeah. He starts, like, fucking going crazy. Like, he's having withdrawals from the drugs. And Hosma has, like, a vial of, like, uh, some kind good of. Good shit. Yeah, the stuff that'll, like, get him to calm down. Yep, it's his stuff, and of course Sachiko's like, "What is that?" Like, it, like she kind of like looks at it, like, "What, what, what is that shit you've got there?" Um, but what's crazy here is like, I mean, when he, uh, you know, he's flailing around on the bed, and like Hosma just, like, firm pushes him down to where like he can't, like he can't budge an inch. Yeah, it kind of helps restrain him. Yeah, uh, and, and while, that's until while, the drugs kick in. Yeah, while all that's going on, we get a we flash over to a scene, and it's like. Uh, Tony Gleck and he's like remembering his past, like the train incident. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually get to and see he's like, like str- his whole body. Yeah, we get to see his like full cyborg body, um, which is like almost his entire body except for like like his left shoulder and like <laughs> his head. Yeah, and uh, and he is cracked the fuck out. Like he's just got like vials of that shit like all over the bed he's sitting in. Yeah, he's clearly a junkie. Um, yeah. But like you said, then we flash back to O'Connor and Hosma's made him like a meal and they kinda they kinda shoot the shit and they talk about like how he blew out his his hip, 
all that mm-hmm. stuff. How he's been like a like a, a poor father. Um, yep. But and then then he hits him with the bomb. He's like, well, uh, like he he knows he's eight man because because of what just happened. He's like, dude, when you were holding me down, I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. So there's no way you're not the eight man. And Hosmer's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ugh. And he's like, well, and of course, O'Connor plays as long. He's like, dude, if you are the eight man, please promise me you'll watch over Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, yeah, he pretty much has Hosmer. He knows he knows he's eight man. Um, yeah. But then the cops get their their warrant basically for uh, for Daigo, the CEO. Yeah. I think they get some information that he's Mr. Halloween, so they they kind of go up there. Mm-hmm. And when they yep, and they call, and they call in because uh, I know um, what's his name Hazuma goes with them too because uh, he gets the call from them and he goes with them where mm-hmm. he's in there too. Yeah, and Daigo when they g- kind of go to arrest him, he like turns over and he's like half cyborg now. Yep. A little yeah, split two face style. He flips the table, throws it. Uh, throws uh, throws old Ichigo out the window. Is it Ichigo that he throws out the window? I know oh he, yeah, I know he threw out one of the younger cops. Um, yeah, it's it, it's Ichigo because uh, when he gets thrown out the window, like Tanaka's like like he's like losing his mind. I think he even says Ichigo. Mm-hmm. Um, but but thankfully, yeah, thankfully old boy Eight Man shows up and zips right back up to the yep, to the top. Brings him on in, and. Uh, What's really I like this scene here because he uh, while he's fighting them like he he restrains uh, this cyborg Halloween and, and like notices that he does like this like like zooms in almost like X ray vision and sees that there's a bomb inside of this guy. Yeah, he like sees that he's got like a bomb in his head. Mm-hmm. Kind of tells the men, "Hey, clear out." Um, yeah, clear out. There's a bomb here. There's a bomb inside of him, and it's getting ready to go off. So, of course, they all haul last, and this this is my only kind of like hokey moment here, like. Of course, like they still fight a little bit more, and uh, Halloween, like you know, he knows he's getting ready to explode, so he just has his last little, you know, go fuck yourself moment. Um, explodes, but like I feel like it happened so quick, and like the whole, like this was a major bomb. Like yeah, I thought the, the build, I thought the building fucking, was coming down here. Yeah, I did too, and I was like, man, there's no fucking way that everybody got out of this building in time, especially with all the people they crossed, like storming uh, Daigo's office. So I was like, mm, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, it turns out uh, Eight Man's okay. He's like hanging on by a pole. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's good. Yeah, and then we we kind of flash over to to Sam and Sachigo, and it turns out the two goons that we've seen this whole time—I don't know their names. Uh, uh it, it's Chen and um, fuck, 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 um, Chen and uh, Max, I believe. Well, they're they're basically they're tailing Sam and yeah, Sachigo. Max and Chin. Yeah, so they're they're tailing uh, those two, and they get a knock on the door basically, and uh, they kind of confront Sam and Sachigo, and this wakes up O'Connor. Yep, and uh, they, we get, we have a nice little fight. Uh, O'Connor uh, goes ahead and fights the two goons here. Um, gets shot up again. Yeah, like right across like the back. He definitely gets shot up. Um, one of the goons makes off with Sachigo, and he falls out the window with one of the other ones yeah like tackles him out the window you know a nice football maneuver mm-hmm. and then we see like he tackles him into the water below and we see the goon kind of come out but we don't see o'connor come out so like you kind of worry the worst um yeah you think he's dead then we point. then we flash over to a, a scene like it's the aftermath of this bomb going off mm-hmm. and it's kind of the chief and hazma and they're kind of just shooting the shit and then 
I want to say they get like a radio call that says like yeah about the they found a uh, they found a body uh, that floated up the uh, that floated up the the creek or something or like up the stream or something, mm-hmm. um, and they said it's a, a large black male and Hosma. Hosma immediately is like whoa yeah so he dips out gets over there um, mm-hmm. turns out Sam had actually pulled his father from the water yep. um, and his heart's still beating so Hosma in a quick effort throws him in the car. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get, take him to the hospital, yeah, the quote unquote hospital there. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into all that, we get a a kind of crazy scene here. Uh, this one kind of took me for a whirl. We we flash over to our old buddy uh, Tony Gleck, the big bad, mm-hmm. and Chris. He's being worked on by like this giant brain robot thing. Yeah, like it almost it's almost like a like a like a stationary AI. And uh, while Tony's being improved, you hear him call it eddie so what we find i guess um tony gleck wants to he i think right now he realizes he's not like he's not a perfect cyborg and he wants to be able to be a like he wants to be the perfect machine and he he knows he's kind of inferior to eight man so he's talking to this this ai who we now find out is eddie schmidt uh person that hosmo is actually in like searching to find pretty much this entire time he's been here um, but also too, um, what we we heard his name before when they um, when they did the coup on Halloween, his two goons when they yoked him up, uh, Tony said, "Take him, uh, take him, Eddie. You'll know what to do with him." So that's when we had first heard that name, and now we see now that's all kind of come full circle here. Um, but he's saying he's telling Tony he's like, "Well, you need a cyborg brain," um, and he kind of puts the idea in this he's like either become like a stationary AI or a stationary cyborg like me, or you need to get something, uh, maybe take the cyborg brain from the ape man, huh? Uh, he's got one of those cyborg brains. That sounds really good. You should get one of those, like specifically his, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that kind of sets up the, 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 the final cli- the confrontation here. Yeah. We're kind of gearing up for the, for the climax of the film. We got Tony Gleck. He's obviously wants to get eight man's body so that Eddie mm-hmm. can combine them basically and make Eddie the new eight man. Yep. Sachi goes kidnapped by the two goons. Um, and then we, f- we flash over to Hazma and Sam. They've taken O'Connor, Sam's dad to the professor. Yep. Uh, and he's working on him. Kind of, he's going to be all right. Basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hazma's like, "Hey Sam, I gotta go. They have Sachi go. I gotta go take care of this. Yeah, you know, stay here with your dad. Yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And uh, he he says he tells him not to tell him where he's gonna go. Um, mm-hmm. That he needs to do it on his own. All this stuff. Yeah, you know the typical we're going to the final battle type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually meet up in the in the bottom of like this. It's actually like a subway. Um, yeah, it's very fitting that uh, they're you know Tony Gleck has them has him meet him at this. Uh, oh, I I don't know if it's the same subway line that uh, that Tony was killed on, but it, it's definitely like this poetic justice type of moment here. Yeah, this one's more of like an underground subway. The other one was like a like a train car on like a bridge. Yeah, like thing. like a bridge. Yeah. Um, but he's obviously he's got uh, Sachigo hostage, and one of the goons comes up and grabs uh, Hazma from the back. And he, he, this is where it's revealed to Sachigo. Uh, Tony kind of tells her the backstory about, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is how his sister died. Um, and we killed her. Basically, it was his fault because he didn't want to cooperate with us. 
even yep. after they like offered him a cut of the money and all that stuff. Yep. So we've got it. We've got our, our, you know, our straight and narrow, our good cop, you know, classic good cop, bad cop situation here. And this is where, um, well, Tony's ready to go ahead and just kill him all. And this is where Hosma reveals that he is the eight man. He kind of goes into full on power up mode here. Yeah, he's like, not again. He throws the goon off of him. Yep. Transforms and into the eight-man, obviously. And, uh, of course, Sachigo just yeah, our final battle doesn't pre- believe her eyes. Yeah, our final battle pretty much assume, like, assumes, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Tony's obviously happy because he's like, oh, cool, I can take care of both my enemies. Two birds yep. and one stone. No big deal. Um or so he thinks, at least. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And in typical fashion, like, you know, we're coming down the home stretch here. I mean, like I said, Eight Man makes uh, quick work. Uh, not not so much quick work, but beats him pretty handily. Yeah, we, ha- Saves- we, see, we see the one goon, like, shoot rockets out of his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hosmo kind of uses that to his advantage to take out the other goon. Yep. Um, makes quick work of both those guys. Yeah. Like, he has a pretty decent fight with Tony because like Tony like stabs like he actually injures him so like there's some like there's some there's some good fighting it, it's actually a really really good fight scene yeah the train ends up hitting the other goon because Hosma holds yeah. him in there and then we basically get to like the like the driver's seat of the train um, mm-hmm. where Tony has uh, Sachigo like with a knife to the throat um, yep kind of like how they first like well I shouldn't say first came into contact but like. These three have met. Scene earlier in the yeah, movie, it's like yeah. the scene earlier in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But this subway is obviously on like a a train car that's like out of order, so it's coming to a we're running out of track basically here. A short drop and a sudden stop, sir, is where, <laughs> where we're headed. But yeah, um, so the train crashes. Um, Tony tries running off with Sachi Go. Uh, eight man obviously survives the subway crash because he's he's no yeah, limp, course, right? Because he's the fucking eight man. Well, it turns out Tony's got everything planned here. He's got like an electrical trap. Catches eight man in that, and it down goes eight man. Um, yeah, the, the old, the old, the old electric fence or the old electric uh, <laughs> yeah. barrier gets him every time. That's right. Um, and then Chris, we flash over to a to a scene where we see O'Connor getting up, and he's like, he doesn't really say goodbye to Sam, but he kind of sneaks out. And he, he wants to go help because he knows his time his time's numbered like yeah because you you actually uh and i'm glad i'm glad we got to that because um yeah it turns out just because of the, the these drugs and these implants like his 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 life's running out like it, it's it's almost like the trade that gets made here mm-hmm. um because of the drugs like it definitely it drastically shortens your life yeah definitely um then we flash over we got eddie the brain and he's scanning and working on um the eight man, which obviously we know, eight man is Hazuma. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got Sachigo tied up. Uh, Sachigo's kind of. They mention, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but Sachigo's past lover, who was the former eight man. Uh, Azuma-san, yeah. Yeah, Eddie mentions that just his name's left of the body, basically. Yep. Um, before they can obviously transfer everything to Tony, in steps old boy O'Connor. Yeah, one last, uh, you know, one last two-minute drill from a man. Yep, and he starts fighting with Tony. Um, and I think he, he actually ends up slamming him into the, like, the computer that they're in, or mm-hmm. the computer that 
like Eddie's brain, like whatever you, I don't even know what to call that. Oh yeah, it, it's pretty much his brain. Yeah, um, smashes him into that, uh, and he, he's pretty much on his like his last legs here. And O'Connor ends up uh, hitting our boy Eight Man with a, one last indruck, injection of like the drug stuff, whatever that's yep. called. And that's just enough to get him going, baby. Yeah, he snaps out of his chains, rescues uh, Sachiko. And now we get into our our final battle with old boy Tony Gleck. That's right. That's right. Um, and this part's, I I guess Tony Gleck's like, he goes to shoot Hazuma or Eight Man, however you want to call him. He goes to shoot him with like his gun, but we see that like his gun's malfunctioning. Yep. And it's kind of this part is my only like one of my only gripes about the movie is like I don't really understand what happens here. It's like he shoots and his like gun malfunctioned and blows his own arm off, and then we get this like ridiculous explosion that like mm-hmm. destroys the whole building or like the whole where they're at. Um, yep. And I, I I think the I, I'm trying to remember here. Um, I think it's because like just I mean because Tony Gleck is an imperfect cyborg. Like mm-hmm. he, he's just like his his parts are just very like I don't know. It's like garage sale parts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's very inferior to Eight Man, pretty much in every way. Yeah, and so it kind of backfires on him, and then this big explosion happens. We see Tony Gleck's like severed head. Is still trying to talk mm-hmm. a little shit, uh, <laughs> but Eight yes. Eight Man has clearly won the battle. Um, then we see our uh, Sachi goes kind of sitting over uh, O'Connor's body, and he yeah. he's 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 done. He's down for the count. Um, yep, and actually, I, I, I'm, it's coming back to me. Actually, it was um, he fucked up like Eight Man fucked up uh, Tony's gun barrel. Oh, okay, okay. And that's why, like, it was like it was like kinked. It was like fucked up. Like I, I was, I was like, like it had, it was like jammed almost, and that's why it exploded when it shot. I was just confused at why the explosion was so big. I guess it was because like O'Connor threw threw him into the brain machine thing and like. Mm-hmm. I guess just yeah. a culmination. Like everything just caused this big explosion, basically. Yeah, I mean, you got all you got all this electrical equipment. I mean, you're in, again claustrophobic sci-fi. Hey, this shit can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we uh, obviously Sam's upset because his father's passed away, and this is where our story's kind of coming to the close. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, o- O'Connor asked Hazana, Hazama to take care of Sam, like. Because he, he knew his life was was going to be shortened. Um, yeah, which is really why he asked him in the first place. Yeah, and then we get to this this bridge scene where it's Hazma and the chief, and he's like, you really leaving town? He's like, yep. Uh, yep. Kind of just almost being like a, like a father figure to Sam. Um, yep, they're loaded up in the car. And they're headed out west, Chris. They're, they are out of there. They are, in fact. In a, so while the credits are rolling, you actually get this... Uh, it's almost like a slideshow of them, like, moving. It's almost like they moved to Florida, right? Like, that's the vibe <laughs> I get. They moved from, like, New York to Florida or, like, Detroit to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and he opens up his own detective agency. You see a sign for the Hazma Detective Agency. Um, and then you hear the phone. Like, the, the last scene is you hear the phone ring. Um, and someone walks in the door and grabs the phone. And it's uh, it's um, it's Sachiko. And she's like, you boys look like you could use a secretary around here. Yep. And that's where the movie ends and where porn begins usually. <laughs> yep. But yeah. But no, that is eight man after. Um, 
big, big fan of this. Cody, so this was your first time watching it. Overall, what did you think? Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, at, when I first read the description, I was like, ah, superhero. I was like, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I think the story was very good. Um, it was a little tough for me to follow. I think I'm going to give it another watch. Especially, mm. like, I watched it on YouTube. Um, and I didn't know that it was available on Amazon Prime until right before we started this cast. Oh, nice. And Amazon Prime actually has it broken down into, like, the episode chunks. So I, de- mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to watch that version. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it's something worth another watch. Just because I got a little bit confused. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't help, too, that, like, this this was a product of, like, the early 90s where dubs were kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. So the dialogue can get a little roundabout and a little confusing. But... Yeah, watch it a second time. The story definitely makes a lot more sense the second time around. Yeah, but overall, I, I, I pretty much, I really enjoyed it. Um, it makes me want to check out some more of, like, the eight-man media. Um, so maybe that's something we could suggest for, like, a future yeah. poll down the road. Absolutely, because I, I would actually really like to watch the show from the 60s. I'd be very curious about it or anything, like, afterwards. I know there's a live-action movie, which you can see the whole live-action movie on YouTube. Like, it's got the full movie on there. And I thought about watching it. But I was like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it might be something we visit later. Yeah, it might just be like another thing that we like put a pin in for now and come back to later and nominate or, you know, mm-hmm. there's tons of anime, tons of live. Act- like there's so much we can we can cover here. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I Compared to our last movie that we watched, which was Prisoners of the Sky, of course, uh, this one was oh, a, yeah. Was a refreshing breath of fresh air. Uh, fresh air. Fresh air. Uh, fresh air. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's some seltzers, baby. That's some seltzers talking. That's right. Um, that's but right. yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, no, this this was one of the... This one is very near and dear to my heart. Like I said, this was one of the first animes I ever watched. And it's something that's always stuck with me. Like the theme song, um, the scene where like he yokes up the criminal and like skids across the... Like, that's one of like my favorite scenes in that movie. It's just like 90s anime badass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I, I like this style of animation. Like there's just everything about this movie. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it hits, it checks a lot of boxes, if not all the boxes for me, because I'm a big fan of again, cyberpunk. I love detective stories. And this just has that really nice, like almost, I don't want to say buddy cop movie, but like, you've got like that nice twist at the end where like, you know, the villain used to be a cop and he used to be a cop. So they've all got a pass together. Like everything, like the world as, as you know, for as cool as this world is, like, it's very small and like people, like there's a lot of intertwined characters and backstories. And like, I really like that shit. And, um, it was really cool watching it again. I, I, for, I, I fell in love with it all over again. Like, it's just something I get really excited to talk about because it's a really, really good movie. And it's one that's older. It's older than probably a lot of people watching this cast, right? So. Yeah, I think it's almost. Like, I, I think it came out when I was like two months old. So. See? There you go. And like, like this is this is the shit I was watching when like a lot of you guys were like, weren't even alive yet. So like, there's so much to go back and check out. And there's a lot more like this from that era, which I definitely want to, when we have to do more movie episodes i definitely want to go down that rabbit hole and explore those more yeah and like not to not to tell your age or anything but i'm definitely thankful that like you do the podcast with me because like this is something i would have never even found out about had i done it with like another person that was like 27 or 25 or something Mm -hmm. like that Um, oh yeah there's a treasure trove of great anime from this era and i'll definitely be um i'll definitely be throwing those in there and suggesting those i love that chris um but yeah guys that covers our, our 
synopsis or a review on Eight Man after. Um, it if you is guys, excellent. I highly suggest you guys check it out if you haven't. Um, like like we said, it's on Amazon Prime as the episodes, and it's also on uh, YouTube. You can just go YouTube, search Eight Man after it'll pop right up. Um, yep. Highly suggest watching that. But Chris, before we wrap things up today, mm-hmm. we got one more question. I love questions, Cody. I can't stress this enough. I would love. To, I would actually love if we had an episode one day where it's just like an old, like it's just all questions, like it's like an, an ask the boys type thing. I would love that shit. That might be something we have to we'll have to do sometime in the future because obviously we got the holidays coming up. That's why we're doing this mm-hmm. this uh, double feature special here. Um, That's right. But Chris, the question this week we got: Do you prefer older anime art styles or the more modern anime art styles? Oh man, fuck that! It's tough, right? Because um, like I like the art style in this movie. Like I like that '90s anime art style with like the the big like the big round eyes, the sharper chins. Um, but like the newer stuff, like I I loved like the Death Note style. Um, My Hero Academia is a beautiful show to watch. Um, but of course we start looking at the older stuff too, Cody, like the Miyazaki films, like the, the Ghibli films, like those are like, that shit's like 40 years old and it's still like that style is timeless. Um, so I don't know if I have a preference. Like, I think it really just depends on the show and the characters, like a, a, a perfect example, like Akira, Akira's from 1988 and that's a good looking movie, even by today's standards. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think timeless art is timeless. If that makes any sense. Yeah. The more I think about this question, it's definitely like a difficult one to answer. Um, cause like you said, there's, there's older anime, like some of the earlier Miyazaki films and like Akira, um, even our old boy eight man or like, yeah, even like, like, I like this like, style, even Astro boy, like those styles are all good. Um, but then when I look at like Death Note, I love Death Note. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood has like some of the best animation, and even like more recent shows, like you said, like My Hero. Um, there's like uh, uh, fucking uh, Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is a beautiful anime to yeah. look at. I wish I could get into the story because like I like it's it's very pretty to look at. Yes, yeah, and I've never dove into Demon Slayer. I've only seen some gifs. That's all I've seen mm-hmm. is a couple gifs on Facebook. Um, but yeah, like the animation's great in that. Uh, Attack on Titan has like a very unique modern look, mm-hmm. um, kind of like My Hero does. Like they're very unique looks. They're not like anything I've ever seen before. Yep. Now um, I'll say this: so I can really appreciate those. But go ahead. I think my my favorite animation, and like I think it's the most beautiful animated movie I've ever seen. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, and this was one I almost recommended for this week, but I I don't own it and I can't find it streaming anywhere. Have you ever seen Metropolis? I have not. Holy shit, Cody, 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 Cody. <laughs> um, this I to, I think it's the most beautiful anime movie I've ever watched, like from an art standpoint, because it blends the old style and like the more modern style. Now this movie, it's from I believe two thousand three. Okay, I, I'm looking it up now. Don't worry, I can find it. I, yeah, I can find two, us a nice link to the movie. We'll we'll be able yeah, to watch two, it. <laughs> two thousand one. Um, it's an absolutely beautiful movie to look at. And I, again, I, I this might be one of the next movies I want to do, um, because it's actually ba- like Osama Tetsuka. Osama Tetsuka is the guy who did the movie, and he's like an old school like um, 
like anime. I want to say I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that he did. Oh fuck, uh, he's the one that did like Astro Boy. He's the he's the artist that did Astro Boy, Kimbo the White Lion. Um, that um, I don't I minus I want to say he even did Speed Racer, but I don't know. He, he I don't think he did Eight Man, but um, let me double check. He, I want to double check on that. He's got he's clearly got a a history. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. He, uh, his animation was, was this movie, Osama Tetsuka's, uh, Metropolis. Oh my God, Cody. It's the most beautiful movie to look at. And it has, um, one of my favorite songs of all time is I Can't Stop Loving You by Ray Charles. And that song, it's, it's, it's actually my favorite Ray Charles song. Um, and that's actually in this movie. It comes out of nowhere near the end. Fuck. I want to like watch Metropolis like right now and like. Dude, this like, Metropolis needs to happen soon. Needs to happen very, very soon. I highly, highly recommend you see that movie. And the reason I keep saying that is, it's the most beautiful anime movie I've ever looked at. Interesting. You, you said so that, it, you said it has "I Can't Stop Loving You" by Ray Charles. Is that what you said? Yes. That's yes. actually a little backstory on on Cody's uh-huh. family family history here. Uh, uh-huh. So my mom is a big Sammy Hagar fan. Chris, uh, uh-huh. obvi- obviously, as this time with Montrose, his solo his mm-hmm. solo career and then obviously he joined van halen for a little bit um mm-hmm. but he actually has a cover of that song and that was the first time i heard that song which led me to no hear shit. the ray charles version uh so that's just a little a little small history lesson on some of the music i grew up listening to so yeah, that's pretty great that's, I, de- it's, I definitely it's funny how that works out. yeah i definitely know the song and i, I i'll have to definitely ch- we'll, we'll have to throw that in one of our next movie polls to to check out for sure absolutely and um I urge anybody um, check out Eight Man After, but then immediately go watch Metropolis. Man, now now I'm sla- now I'm like slapping myself for not <laughs> picking Metropolis. Metropolis is a masterpiece, and I, that's one I actually got to see in theaters. Holy shit! Oh my god! Well, I look I'm forward. So excited! I look forward to checking it out. And uh, yeah, Chris, we got a lot of anime to cover, so I'm sure we'll eventually get to it. Oh, we definitely will. We definitely uh, will. Like I, I had forgotten about this movie until this week. Oh my god! Like it's, it's, it's. That's all right, Chris. I got it. I got it written down in in the holy notebook of Shonen and Sons. Oh I got, man! I got it all kinds a... of suggestions. Um, and if you guys want to leave your own suggestions, you guys can always go to our Facebook page mm-hmm. at Shonen and Sons and leave us a comment of anything you guys want to see us watch, hear us review, hear us bitch about. You know, all mm-hmm. anything and everything. Oh, we we go all over the it above. All. You can go to our Facebook page at Shonen and Suds. You can go to our Twitter page, which is also at Shonen and. No Suds, just Shonen and. If you type in Shonen right. and Suds, it'll pop up. But apparently Twitter cut me off. They said our they said our at was too long. So. Whack. Whatever. Um, exactly. But yeah, guys, if you guys want to follow along with us, next week we're going to be covering Season 4 on Netflix of Seven Deadly Sins, the first 12 episodes. Yep. As long as they're sticking to the the twenty four episode seasons, mm-hmm. um, which again, I'm, I'm I'm excited, but also very scared and guarded about this one. Yeah, I I have never dove into this one, so this will be a new experience for me. Um, Indeed, I'd seen the the previous seasons, and I'd seen the the shitty movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys want to follow along with us, just follow. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Just watch season four. It is season four, right? Yes. I know the common internet is yeah. they they always call it season but, three because yeah it, it's Netflix season four yeah Netflix season four which is what we're going off of because that's where we watch yeah. it at so um, yeah. 
please follow along with us guys there. And uh, if you guys want to leave us an iTunes review, we'll happily read it on the show. Please. And uh, please follow us on our Podbean account. It really helps us out. Um, they, they, you know, they're the ones. Algorithms that, and whatnot. Yeah, algorithms and whatnot. They really distribute the podcast for us. I just click a button and they do all the rest of the work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so shout out to those guys. Um, but Chris, that's all I got for this episode. You got anything else before we wrap up? No, man, that's it for me. I'm, I'm glad you got to experience a, uh, you know, an anime that was before your time. And I actually, I actually can't wait. Like that, again, that's what I like about this podcast. You're going to introduce me to this, like some more modern anime that I, you know, I don't want to say outgrew, but like, I feel like I'm kind of like that boomer trying to like, you know, learn what, you know, what is a hip hop? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like that, but then like I get to introduce you to some of these classics that got me into anime. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's that's going to be the best dynamic that we're going to have moving forward. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot that we can uh, really experience for the first time. Um, oh, indeed. And uh, I look forward to it. Uh, yeah. Please like look it, forward to it. There's so much anime in the world. And like you said, there's so much that I know that you don't know and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be really fun to dig into. So with that being said, Cody, we'll see everybody next time. I'm Chris Adams. And I'm Cody Snodgrass. Toodaloo, everybody. Toodaloo.